speaking of wildlife photography, from the daintiest alpine flowers in bloom in the Burren to dolphins skimming the waters of the Shannon Estuary to the majestic red stags of Killarney National Park. These are just some of the many scenes reproduced in a dazzling new photography book. It's called Wild Ireland, A Nature Journey from Shore to Peak. And author Karsten Krieger joins us now from the Loophead Peninsula in County Clare where he's based. Hello Karsten, how are you today? Tell us all about your book. Hi Derek, thanks for having me. Um, but the book has been in the making quite a while, more or less since I moved over to Ireland in 2002. The first thing I, I had set as my goal after moving over here is um, build a career as a photographer and I always wanted to make a photo book on the Baron because for whatever reason um, nobody had ever done it. And then after I had finished that book I got a bit more insight in, into natural history and nature and wildlife of Ireland. I thought that it might be a good idea to make a book about Ireland's nature. Unfortunately, back then, um, na nature and, and wildlife wasn't of much interest or not of that much interest as it is today. So I got turned down from almost every publisher and the idea for the book um, went into a drawer and stayed there for quite some years. In the meantime, I started working as a photographer, ended up in the, in the tourism sector. But after an almost 20 years of traveling Ireland, making pictures of nice landscapes and happy people, I got a bit fed up with the, with the tourism business. And shortly before the pandemic, I decided to scale my commercial endeavors in, in photography back a bit and revisit um, what I initially wanted to do and started working on a concept for Wild Island and started making images, started writing. Then the pandemic hit and stopped me in my tracks again. Oh dear, how unlucky can one man be? But you've got there in the end. So how much of the book is pictures and how much is text? It's it's about 50-50. Initially, when, when I started my career as a photographer, Writing wasn't really on, on the plate, but over the years, um, my publisher, which over the years was, was mainly the O'Brien Press, um, pushed me a little bit. And with, with every book I, I made, a bit more text snuck in and I got a taste of it and I and enjoyed writing. And, and then Wild Island was really the first book where I really could indulge in, in, in the writing process. Richard, I know you've seen the book and you have some questions too for Karsten. Karsten, um, congratulations on a fine book, which is a joy to read, I must say. It's very comprehensive. It covers all the various habitats. I think the approach is a good one. People who make these kind of books generally have beautiful pictures confined to the wildlife. Lovely pictures of puffins and ravens and this and that and foxes, pine martins. But uh, you go further, you integrate it. You have pictures of places like Money Point, uh, the great 
it became up the, um, the Shannon Estuary and Tarbert's power station and things like that. So you, you have an integrative approach. Now, people will look at the photographs and they will be led then into the text. And it's a great inducement, I think, to have lovely photographs lead people into reading the text and then they will discover things that they didn't know about the various uh, creatures. Uh, was that your conscious approach? That, that was the idea behind the book. Um, when I grew up, um, as you said, there were either very dry scientific books on natural history or very nice um, photo books with, with beautiful photographs. I never saw one that combined the both. And I know from, from my own experience and from experience with my children, um, not everybody um, is that interested in nature to, to endeavor writing a, a uh, reading a scientific book. Um, so I was hoping that, that the approach to, to use photographs to, as you said, draw the readers in and then entice them to read the text and learn a little bit more, that, that is the hope for the book and, and, and I hope that, that it will work. You spent more than 20 years travelling Ireland. Now, in Germany, you have a right to roam, I think, haven't you? You can go where you like, provided you don't do any harm or interfere with livestock or anything else. But in Ireland, there are barriers everywhere and barbed wire and people, farmers and landowners generally, are reluctant to have people wandering around their property. Did you find that or was that a problem? It wasn't a problem for me because I didn't make it a problem. I, I was aware um, of many farmers um, not being too keen of having people on their land. So when I made the book, I mostly stuck to um, the national parks and nature reserves. Or I did some inquiries beforehand, found out who owned the land and approached them and asked for permission to, to enter. And... In most occasions, um, that worked out fine. I think when farmers get, get angry, it's because people just trample ac across their land without asking beforehand. And very often there's, there's livestock on the land and people leave gates open. I think that that's the kind of behaviour that causes the problems. You've covered all the habitats. Do you feel that some of them are not as fully covered as you would have liked or so forth? Have you some biases there? Yes, unfortunately I do. We had to cut a few things out of, of the book because in the end it was just too much material. And um, I'm actually waiting for people to complain that um, wildflowers as such are not covered enough or especially the, the, the coastal waters. Um, you might have noticed that whales and dolphins and, and, and all the other marine animals are not very well represented. And um, yeah, these are areas we just had to cut, but it was just a question of space. Well, hopefully, maybe sometime in the future, there will be a wild island part two where we can rectify that situation. I've no doubt that you will, and there will be a second edition. Please, God, now, you didn't get all the whales and dolphins in, but you did get other marine mammals, such as the grey seal. So let's have a look at some of those photographs, and perhaps we'll start there with the grey seal. Um, the grey seal, yeah, that was made close to where I live, more or less just, just down the road during the first lockdown. It's a place known locally as Ross Bay, and it's known as a haulout for grey seals. Usually they just hang out um, on the rocks as they do. But 
This one in the picture um, was throwing away around, um, apparently playing with seaweed, and then again standing upside down so that only the back flippers were, were standing out of the water. And it was quite an impressive display. And up to today, I, I'm not very sure what they were doing. I assume they might be have been searching for flatfish on the on the bottom of the bay or really just using the seaweed to to play and have some fun mm, now moving on to page 96 and it's a wonderful photograph the perfect morning i think taken in killarney national park uh, yeah that was made uh, at killarney national park um the picture shows the upper lake as usual when i wanted to photograph landscapes i, I get up very early to be on location before the sun comes up. And here I was trying to catch the sunrise. So initially I had my turned my back to the scene you see in the picture, um, waiting for the sun to come up behind the mountains. And just by chance I turned around and saw that uh, the rising sun was illuminating the clouds on the other side. And yeah, thankfully I turned around in that instance and didn't miss that, that spectacle. Yeah, even after 20 years um, visiting the Kilani National Park on a regular basis, this is one of the best pictures I ever made there. It really is a wonderful photograph. In fact, all of the photographs are good. Any one of them could win a photographic competition. But let's go on to another one here, which is lovely, made at Clue Bay, a native oak forest. Now, this is a really important photograph for all sorts of reasons. Would you like to explain? Um, that was a picture I had been after for a while because, as you and, and your listeners know, um, native oak forests are few and far between um, in Ireland and the bulk of them is in the southwest, in, in, in Cork and Kerry, a good bit away from the coast. But I always had the vision to make a picture of oak forest at the seashore. And as far as I know, that oak forest at Old Head is the only one that, that fits the bill. So that picture was made on my, I think, fifth attempt. All the other times the, the weather or the tide got, got in the way, but that picture was made on, on a very nice summer morning with almost blue skies, the sun shining across the beach, and then in the distance you have the, the rock stretching out into the bay, and on top of the rock um, sits that old oak forest. And I like to believe that this is the way that um, Ireland must have looked like a few thousand years ago. Finally, I'm very interested in the photograph of the sparrow on page 118, not least because we made a documentary about sparrows some time ago and indeed a documentary about dandelions, which we just repeated last Monday right here on Mooney Goes Wild. And both the sparrow and the dandelion appear in this photograph. Yeah, I... Always um, like to get people to to let their grass and their wildflowers in the garden grow, and we used that picture to to illustrate that. Um, so that picture was made in in my own garden. Um, some people would call my garden a mess, but there it is. So what I do, I cut the grass um, only two to three times a year, once in autumn, and then maybe once or twice in very early spring, before the um, growing season sets in. And as a result, I have a lot of um, wildflowers, including um, dandelions, which are shown in the picture, 
and yeah, it, it just shows um, that these flowers are not only useful to provide food for the insects, but then also later when, when they've passed the flowering stage have, have produced their seeds and the seeds are eaten by, by the local birds. Carsten, we had over two and a half thousand entries to this year's RTE Ion Nature Wildlife Photography Competition. And as you heard Richard say earlier, the display is there for everybody to see at the National Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin, the display of the top ten finalists and some notables. But at any rate, some of the finalists I spoke to said that they had studied the animals and got to know their ways and then lay in wait, if you like, to get that photograph. Others just happen to be lucky in the right place at the right time. I'm just wondering what your approach is. A um, bit of both ways. Um, I'm, I have to admit I'm not a very patient person, so um, many of my pictures are just by chance. Others, then again, um, when, when I really have an, have an image in mind, I study the animal, um, find out where they appear and when they appear and, and what would be the best time of day. What, is it the morning light or in, in, in the evening? And then um, I go for the picture. That's is especially true when, when, it, when it comes comes to, to birds. They have their their own patterns. We, we have a lot of wait, waiting birds here at the Shannon Estuary. And over the years I found out that um, the best time to, to get good pictures of them is with, with the falling tide. When the tide is in, there's no reason for them to be there because all the, the mud flats are covered, so they can't get to the food. Same as when the tide is, is, is coming in, there's just not enough time for the birds to, to get to their prey. So they um, are around when, when the tide is going out and all the worms and other animals that hide in, in the mud um, are getting exposed and a little bit of unaware of what's happening and that's, that's the chance for the birds to get to them. And then that's the best time for me to get the picture. Well, however you get them, Karsten, they are terrific photographs. And can I just say, if you are photographing wild animals, please do not disturb them. In some cases, you actually need a licence to photograph birds, particularly during the breeding season. So do bear that in mind. Anyway, more details can be found on our website, rte.ie forward slash Mooney. Karsten, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, Derek. <laughs>